Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. My name is Shana Recker and I'm a business and mindset coach to entrepreneurs looking to be, do, and have more. My mission is to help you pursue your biggest goals, take the right actions, and make your desires become a reality. This podcast and my special guests help you make a quantum leap from where you are to where you want to be so that you can be living your best life. To go along with this podcast, I've created a special four-step plan to help you map out the start of your own quantum leap. You can grab that at shanarecker.com forward slash leap. What I share in this free download is critical to elite goal achievement. So I highly recommend you get over and you get started. All right, let's dig into today's conversation. Today on the Pursuit Podcast, I have Jen Forey. So Jen is a friend of mine, and Jen is a professional actor, a published writer, and a personal development mindset coach. She lives what she teaches, and as a coach, she helps people understand what is blocking them from achieving their goals and living life on their terms. Jen says most people struggle with self-worth, and she helps them out of that struggle and into their own power. She studies the practice of mindset and is writing her first play, as well as spends as much time as possible in nature where all things are in harmony with each other. She drinks kombucha from a wine glass, much like myself, and I cannot wait to share her with you guys today. Hey, Jen, welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. You're my first Pursuit Podcast guest, so welcome. This is like a special moment. (laughs) This is special. Love the name Pursuit. Love it. Yeah, it's, you know what, it feels right. It just feels right. But let's talk about you today, Jen. So Jen and I have known each other for a while. You were a client of mine to start and then we just connected and we have the same kind of energy and the same kind of focus. And we just uh, were accountability partners and you've helped me a lot with my own self-image. So I, I think you're a perfect first guest for Pursuit because I think as we pursue our goals and our dreams, there's a lot of inner work that needs to be done. It's not always about taking action, which is important, but it's not the main thing. So I thought you'd be great to thank you your insight on self-image and beliefs and what we need to know um, on, on, on making that happen. So my first question to you is how did you get into this? Like, how did you start this? Cause I know this isn't the only thing you do. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean the pursuit of, uh, I call it coming home to myself has been like my lifelong journey for sure. I, teach, I coach exactly what I know, but I had to do a lot of work and then get some training to know how to help people through this. I guess, uh, gosh, where do I start? I'm a professional actor. That was my passion of choice. And uh, many years ago, I left the industry basically to be, you know, a good wife. (laughs) So I kind of put away all of my passions. And, uh, you know, when looking back and doing the work that I've done, I saw that in doing that, that was very much rooted in my sense of self-worth and my sense of value. I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself to pursue my acting career. And then uh, over a long period of time, I guess in 2012, that relationship came to an end. That was, a, that was an almost 20-year relationship. And, you know, it, it just, it woke me up. I started to, I started the journey of like looking at why did I put these things away from myself? Why did I tuck so many parts of myself away? And while I had been doing self-image work and, you know, doing a lot of therapy and all the things that we do, right? I was like a hard worker. The real shifts happened when I started to study uh, my thinking and how my mind works. And 
realizing through that work what my beliefs were and that it really had very little to do with anything outside of myself. It had to do with the incredibly low image that I had of myself, like so low, which is like, I'm a different person now. So I think so too. Like even from the, the, the first day we met over a year ago, like the changes in, in you, but then I also think the changes in me, cause you've helped me with my stuff. Yeah. Both of you've changed so a lot. Much. Yeah. Which is good. So for those who are listening right now who are like, okay, self-image, what is she talking about? Like, I don't know what that is. Can you can just give us an overview of what it, like what self-image means? What are they, what are we talking about here? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people think self-image is like just sort of externally, you know, how you dress and what your career is and how successful you are. And Actually, um, I'm not even going to paraphrase it. I'm going to give you Maxwell Maltz. There's this fantastic book called Psycho Cybernetics. It's a very unsexy title, but it is all about self-image. And why it's fascinating is because he was a plastic surgeon and he had clients who he they would come in and they would have, you know, whatever, nose job. And many of his clients would have the surgery and swear he did nothing. And other clients would be like, thank you. I'm, it's so different. And he started to study what is, what's going on. I did the nodes job. I did the whatever. And he dealt with a lot of accidents and scars, people who had scars from accidents and lots of trauma and they still didn't feel different. So this book is on the internal self-image. He has a great definition. This is what he says. The self-image is our own conception of the sort of person I am. Most of our beliefs have been unconsciously formed from our past experiences, our successes and failures, our humiliations, our triumphs, and the way that other people have reacted to us, especially in our childhood. And from all of these, we create a sense of self. Now, that's not to put blame on the things or the people, but what happens is we take in these hits. These, it's usually the emotional hits, and that's positive and negative. We take it into our subconscious mind and we create this image. We decide, oh, this is who I am. This is who I am. And we move through life that way with this internal sense of self. And the problem is the problem is the negative, the negative beliefs that we carry about ourselves. And most of those beliefs were not even ours. We're not even ours because my deepest, my deepest belief is that we are spiritual beings. Like we're in the vessel of this body in this lifetime. I call it the meat suit. <laughs> the meat <laughs> suit. The meat oh, suit. that's many people call it that. This is just my meat suit. This is an so gross. I know. <laughs> funny. Your, your beautiful meat suit. You still got to take care of your meat suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! It threw me off. I've never heard of that term. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, so you have this like internal story about who you are mm-hmm. and we resign ourselves to. So, yeah. So what I was saying was that it was the, ne- it's the negative ones yeah. that get in the way, the negative, like I'm not good enough. And big one is I'm, you know, I'm an imposter. I don't really know what I'm doing. Women yeah. especially have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, we neglect, we neglect the positives. Like there's lots of really good things we do carry in our self-image. Mm-hmm. But for me, the biggest work, the biggest foundational work is who am I? Like, who am I really? Not who was I told I am? Yeah. Not what did that situation in grade seven tell me that I am? And now I, you know, completely can't 
bounce a basketball without breaking my finger, which is what I did. <laughs> what a loser. I'm not athletic. So, like all the things that you so those are the things you're saying is that it's the, it's a lot of it is the experiences that we've had growing up, whether it's experiences we had with our parents, with our, you know, siblings, with our friends, a lot of those things and situations, the pivotal ones, the ones I, I always find it's the ones that, you know, you, you have memories for, like, you know, I don't remember everything that happened to me in grade seven, yeah. but I have specific memories. And it's like, those are the ones that obviously had an, uh, an imprint on my self image because I have such a, you know, deep memory in those, those areas. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So what happens is there's, um, they, they, they come in right through our conscious mind, like whether we, everything we perceive, we smell, we taste, we hear. And what happens is those pivotal, um, moments land in our subconscious mind, which is our emotional mind. So it's like the emotional hits and those can be, you know, I won an award or the first time I was on stage or, or it can be, you know, um, the mockery, the, the, the uncle that referred to your budding breasts as mosquito bites and the shame you felt in that moment at the dinner table with all the relatives, you know, that too is my story. <laughs> I just oh pulled God. from what I know. <laughs> well, right. I mean, we all have those moments and we don't realize it's like, we don't realize how, um, how it's almost like how instantly, but how also deep those, those moments affect Because it's us. emotional. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't even, it's, you don't even think about it. It's just a hit. Yeah. It's a hit. And then it, and then it, you, it hits again. And then you, you move through life with these, this bank of hits that, yeah. you know, you take in and you suddenly you create, you know, oh, so I just don't have very big breasts as a budding young teenager. Yeah. Therefore I'm not attractive. Therefore yeah. I'm, you know, whatever beliefs get created. In that moment. Like it's like a moment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think about that with my own kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done to my children? Um, but no, like, you know, it's just a lot of moms who say that they, yeah. like I work with a lot of moms and they're like, oh, this is making me think of my own kids. And I'm like, good. Protect that generation. Well, and it is, it's, it does make me, because I'm more aware of this now and, and obviously working with you and just the books and everything that, you know, the yeah. that I've done, it's like, I'm more aware of what I'm saying. And there's still times though, that things come out of my mouth where it's like habitual, you know, obviously I'm always like, careful, you know, don't do that. You might get hurt. You know, all those things where, you know, I know in my mind, I need to let them explore and figure things out. But, um, there's a lot less things that I say, uh, or do because I know the impact that it could potentially have, you know, on, on them. Um, and so to that point, I just got to interrupt you to that point. That's the value of like understanding the, the awareness, right? You wouldn't be watching those things. You wouldn't be picking up on those things if you weren't doing all that internal personal work that you have been doing. And that's where the shifts happen. It's like, how can I change yeah. what's happening inside me if I'm not actually consciously aware of what's happening inside me? Yeah. And that's part of the work that you do because you wake people up to those subconscious beliefs that they're holding onto that they don't even know that they have. That's actually my superpower, as yeah. I've been told. Like, yeah. I can point out someone's negative belief and the effect that it's having on their current life. Yes. Like, it's like I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I remember the first time we went out for dinner after our first session, <laughs> I, you were my client and I had mm-hmm. a discussion and you were like, you were like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, you're <laughs> right, right? Because I know, and I sure, I'm sure this is for a lot of people, uh, for, for, in my personal instance, I self-sabotage success, 
You know, I had had personal beliefs around value and worthiness and money. And I think that's a fairly common one for people. So, you know, that whole thing about worthiness, what should people be looking for in that? Or how can you help someone sort of define if that's something that they have? Well, we have to break the pattern of identifying our worth through our income, like how much money you make defines how how worthy you are, Uh, your house, or I mean, there's so many different levels of external validation that we get. Like I did that for years. I looked at people outs like it could be teachers. It could be, um, you know, my partner at the time, like, like, am I okay? Like, I would even say that, like, am I okay? Is, is what I said? Okay. I was always like, I'm sorry. Did I take up too much space? All of that stuff. And everything outside of me was where I got my sense of self-worth. None of that was sustainable. It was like, it was like trying to fill a well that had no bottom. Yeah. And so when I started to study mindset and understand, understand what was, what were the beliefs that I was carrying about myself? That was when I saw all that, all that you just mentioned, like, oh my gosh, I've been self-sabotaging myself for years. I, I saw the things that were in my way and you know, then what, then what, what do you do? Okay. I've identified the things that are in my way. Then what? Yeah. And you change them. Then you start to do the work to change them. And that's what, that's what I help people do. That's what you help people do. Change their beliefs. I call it change your beliefs, um, light up your life because you truly light. That has been my experience and my clients. It's like you Mm -hmm. light up. Yeah. It's true. Like when I started learning uh, the, the worthiness issues that I had and how I could see myself, like see myself sabotaging the things that I was actually really trying to create you, you, that it's like you said earlier, it's like that having that awareness yeah. around what's going on. Like once you were aware, then you have the choice. Cause it's always a choice, right. Totally. To, to change. Right. So if you're trying to pursue a goal, let's say, and you're a big goal and, and your self-belief is that you're not worthy of having whatever that goal, you know, is bringing to your life you can work as hard and long as you want, but you will never achieve it. Or if you do achieve it, you won't hold on to it because you're, you'll sabotage. You'll sabotage. And you're also, you're giving conflicting energy because so much of this is, you know, whatever your belief is, if it's God or the universe or source energy, it's not just us. Like we're, we're in, we're in sort of a co-creative life. And I think that was also a big freedom for me was when I started to realize, oh, because I'm a worker, right? Like I'm like you, I've been work, work, work. And it was like, oh, you don't have to work quite so hard. You're not alone. There is this whole like law of attraction and all of all of those elements. But when you are, oh, I want to um I want to make a million dollars, but your inner you that's your want, that's your goal, but your inner belief is I'm not good with money. Well, you have a conf- you have an energy conflict right there, mm-hmm. and so that that has to become harmonized, mm-hmm. and that's part of the work is harmonizing your belief system inside yourself about yourself in that goal with the goal. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful work. It's really beautiful. It's like life changing work. And what do you find with your clients? Like when you tap into some of this stuff, what are some of the emotions that come up for people? Because I can imagine that some of these beliefs you know, that they don't even know that they have can be difficult sometimes to look at. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things I always emphasize with people when I start to work with them is I'm not a therapist and this is not therapy. My practice is that we look at our limiting beliefs, 
not to go down the rabbit hole of this is so awful, this happened to me and this happened to me, not to ignite that, but for understanding, for understanding. Like I, I, an example would be like just came to mind is I was in a, a play in university and I came out and I started my song and this director said, stop, stop, Forgy. When you open your mouth, the whole second act drops. This was in front of everyone, the cast and everyone. I totally broke down. I had this whole emotional response. Now, that memory came back to me when I started to look at my self-image because immediately I internalized, right? Like, my voice is terrible. Don't listen to me. I can't. It's not safe. All of these things. And um, I had a lot of emotion around it. But what I did is I and what I do with my clients is we make space for the emotion, but not to go down that rabbit hole, but to to acknowledge it and to hold it like a sacred acknowledgement of that, release it and thank it because it's information. The awareness of that hit gave me information of the belief that I was carrying. So some of the emotions that come up for people, yeah, there's a lot of, they cry. Like I had one woman have to pull over on the side of the road. She wanted to do the call in the car. And so she went, oh my God, I have to pull over. And she pulled over and she said, oh my God, I'm just realizing like she just burst into tears, had this beautiful awareness that was also like a huge release of emotion, but it's safe. Like we just, the way that I work is, is very safe and it's don't stay in the negative self-beliefs. I'm very quickly in our work. We flip to, okay, what are we going to, what are we going to change that belief to? What's the new self-image belief we're going to have. So it's one, like the, it's in the, in the discovery and the release of it, I think where that emotion probably comes up because people are realizing like when I realized, you know, how I was holding myself back, it was almost like, it was like happiness. Cause I knew I had the choice now to let it go, but it was almost like a bit of sadness too. Cause it's like, Oh, like the things that I had missed out on over the years, because I was holding myself back. But I do believe that we're on this journey and we're kind of where we're meant to be and learning different things. One of the things that I know you did with me that I think is really powerful in that situation. And when you have one of those negative experiences, you know, you helped me rewrite the story and then change it, like change the narrative. So can you talk about that? Like when you have that negative memory, let's say, and how do you, how do you convert that so that you're not always going back to that? Does that make sense? Uh, the, the tool that I gave you, the kind of memory rewrite. Yeah. So, you know, we're just starting to really understand how incredible our minds are. And one of the things we know about the mind and the universe is that the language is really vibration. We're talking about vibrational energy. Our minds don't go, you know, we, we have a nervous system, right? And it responds to the hits, but the, the, the actual belief could be rooted back when you were, you know, eight, it doesn't, your mind doesn't know, oh no, it's okay, Shana, that was when you were eight, that's not now. Like it doesn't know that stuff. So we can actually play a little trick with our mind. And I believe I had you go back. There's two different ways I do it. I'm not sure if I had big Shana go back. Did I have big Shana go back? Uh, well, I'll, you had me, I don't remember if it was big Shana or little Shana. I think in this particular. To both, to both. Yeah, I think it was both. But I think for me, because it, it was a childhood memory, there was two times actually did it. One was little Shana or big Shana went back and, and supported little Shana. And then at the other time it was just going back to the memory, seeing it, but then changing it, like making oh, it. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
what I had you do was like go to the point that was the emotional sort of hit and then rewrite it. Yes. You know, I'm big on writing and that's for anyone. You don't have to be a writer to write. I had you go back and create a different ending. But what it does to your brain and your vibrational energy and your nervous system is it it somehow like transforms the memory to it like releases it. Yeah. That's how I feel. Really powerful. It is. And I, and now when I go back, cause I have, you know, obviously we all have specific memories of certain things. And in this specific one for me, I actually now almost because I've, I've rethought it so many times over and over the new memory that it's right now, when I go to that time, it defaults to the new one, not the old one. And I know the old one's still there, like, you know, but my brain goes, this is the situation that happened, this good one, not that one. You know, it's like, it's starting to make that the new memory. Yeah, it makes sense. And some people might think, well, then you're just like, you're lying or you're denying your truth. And it's like, no, you're, it's both. Like, it's not denying your truth, but you have your, you have what really happened. But if what happens, if what you create as the end, as the new happenstance, maybe, you know, just that, that somebody came along and they wrapped you in their arms and they took you off. Like if that, changes your energy and empowers your brain and your nervous system and your, your energy being, well, isn't that the point, right? Isn't that the point? It changed the belief that I, that I took on in that. So I, in the negative situation, I took on a belief, you know, an unworthiness belief. And in the new memory, I take on, no, it's, it, that didn't mean that I wasn't worthy. It meant like there, it, I just took away the meaning, the, the negative exactly. and turned it into, uh, of course I'm worthy. Like that's, that's not what it was about at all. You know? And the thing is, is that going back to those situations, like, you know, if it's our parents or, you know, people who cared about us in those times, it's not their fault. You know, I always think that, that some of the situations that happened when I was growing up and it was like, they didn't know better. You know, they were, they were probably dealing with stress. It wasn't like those, those beliefs we took on when we were young are they meant to to try and give us those beliefs. It's just how we interpreted the situation. So why hold on to something that wasn't even intentionally meant to be that way? Part of the study around mindset and, you know, the roots of our belief systems, that self-image that we just like took in and decided was ours. It's, it's generational. It's cultural, it's societal, it's from our parents, but we put a lot of pressure on our parents and we forget that they come from certain belief systems. And I mean, I look at my own parents and, you know, I think they're just filled with fear and how could they, how could they operate from any, and they're filled with actually very low self-esteem. Yeah. They would never say that, but that's the generational, that's what, that's what their experience was. And so and I also believe that as we create the self-image that that is truly in line with who we truly are, mm-hmm. we also heal those before us. And we heal those, like all the work you're doing is, is offering yeah. light and healing for your kids. <laughs> it's funny. We talk about mindset and all this kind of stuff a lot at the dinner table. And, and for the first while, kids would roll their eyes and be like, Ugh. And now like my teenagers, they're now starting to engage in the conversations now and starting, you know, it's like, I've almost broken them down enough talking That's about repetition. <laughs> yeah. And now they're actually, you know, they're Jack. I had my son the other day, um, I have this book and there's all these quotes in it. And I asked him to type them all out for me as a job. He actually came down and gave it back to his mom. You don't need to pay me. He's like, those quotes were really good. Like there was some really good information in there. He's like, I learned a lot. Wow. So, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's good. But 
So that's repetition, right? And that's like, yeah. that, like, how do you change beliefs is probably a question or like, how many times do you think that you've been, you found yourself feeling powerless to those beliefs, like your worthiness, right? How many times did you feel powerless? And then something would happen in your present life and you get this like emotional hit and you're like, oh my God, I still feel this. Yeah. Or you just notice your results happen to just continually be the same. And you're like, I'm doing all these different things, but I'm getting the same results. Exactly. Yeah. But then once you got that, once you got that, you had a deep, deep self-worth, self-image conflict, right? You were efforting and doing all this work. And once you got the awareness of what was really operating in your subconscious mind, then you have the power to choose to change it. And now like, look at you in just such a short time. You're just, you're completely, what you're doing is what I see you doing is harmonizing with your goal. Yeah. Like now you're, now you're becoming the person in that goal. Yeah. Well, and I also think for people who are listening, like yourself, like the self image work and your goals, like it's, I feel like when you, like you had just said at the very beginning, you were coming home to the truest version of you and yes, you come home to that truest version of you you align with a goal that is in harmony with who you are, which yes. makes that goal become achievable. Yeah. You said it earlier too. Like, I mean, I'm a big goal setter and believe in, in goal achiever, all of that. The sustainability of going for that goal, like how many times do you see people go for a goal and drop off? Mm-hmm. And then they do the whole, you know, resolutions and they drop off and they, and then they effort harder and they don't understand why do I, why can't I lose that weight? Why can't I make that money that I'm trying to make? Why can't I get my business going? And they don't realize it's what's at the foundation. Mm -hmm. It's your belief system. Like, like when you change that, the rest is just, the rest just flows. Yeah. It just happens. And you had a client like that, right? Who had weight that they could never get lose. And what happened in that situation? Because I think that's really powerful. That this doesn't yeah, it's work a, for business goals. This actually works for, for every goal. Yeah. Partnership, finding a partner, having a partner in your life. Like, you know, if you're if you're wanting to bring a partner into your life and you've got this like whole vision of great life, and you, you know, you buy a camper van and you go on adventures and all of these things. But in your core belief, you realize you don't believe you're lovable. Well, again, you have this conflict. So just before you move into your client, so is this true? What, what would happen then is that you would keep attracting the wrong person in those relationships wouldn't work out. You would attract exactly the right person in harmony with your core belief. Which is you're not lovable. You're not lovable. It's not like A plus B equals C and it's so obvious. Oh, there's another person coming into my life and showing me I'm not lovable. It doesn't translate like that. It's usually like, oh, what an asshole. He treated me like my dad to swear. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can swear. We keep, you know, he's treating me. He just keeps treating me. And we do this thing where we look at the person and we look at the person and we look at the person. And my current coach, Dave Conway, he says, trust what you're attracting Mm. because it's going to tell you what's going on. And once I started to perceive things like that and helping my clients perceive that, like, t- let's take a look. And that's what we did with the client. So she, she had been trying for many years, had this like cycle of like trying to lose weight, which is, you know, how many 5 million people's struggle is this whole weight, body, love, identity that we struggle with. She'd try and she'd set the goal and she'd get so far in and she'd fall off the goal. And so then it would happen again. And what, and then it would happen again. And what was happening was it was eroding her self-confidence. She would effort harder. She Mm -hmm. started to lose that sense of like, 
I can achieve what I want to achieve. And that started to translate in other areas of her life, which is what happens, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like your, your mind compartmentalizes that it's only about weight. You'll start to feel yourself, other areas of your life be affected. And so she couldn't understand why all this effort that she was doing, why is it not working? Why do I keep falling off this goal? And through our work together, we discovered one, it was actually one instance in grade school that had a massive emotional hit. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, the emotional hit created a belief in her. She took it in, not consciously, subconsciously took in this belief. I can't do anything. I'm not good enough. And people, I don't want to be seen because people will laugh at me. Mm. It was a, it was a profound shift for her. And so once she got the awareness and it's much deeper, but it's personal. Yeah. So I don't, I won't, I'm not get all the details, but once that awareness, that connection came, she turned a corner. Mm. She suddenly saw all the weight loss, all the goals was about loving herself. It was about a practice that she was creating for herself. It suddenly went internal and stopped being this external. I just have to go harder. I just have to get yeah. to the gym, all that. So what I wrote down here, as you were talking is her perception change. Cause what, when we change the inside, what we see on the outside changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You we spend a lot of time. Say that. Sorry again. You shifted that inside of her. So then what she saw in her current reality looked different. Yeah. So she would make different decisions, which would yeah. So she began to make take mm -hmm. action from that new awareness. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, it wasn't I can't achieve goals. I'm a failure. It was oh my gosh, that was such a deep emotional hit. Mm -hmm. And once she understood how her how the mind works and how we how we create these beliefs and we shut the door mm -hmm. on our our own minds and decide this is who I am. Okay, well I failed in that, so I can't I can't achieve anything. I mean it's mm -hmm. it's fascinating how quickly you can turn that belief around and. And then it just becomes about creating the living practice, which is what I teach to make that turnaround sustainable, to create that new self-image. Yeah. This isn't something that you necessarily shift overnight, right? You talked about repetition and there's some things that have to happen in order to shift these beliefs because those beliefs are, they're deep, like they've got some roots. And so there's going to, it's going to take some time to kind of move through those. So what are a couple things that people can do one to even recognize that they have negative self-beliefs and then two, to help shift them? I don't, uh, I don't call it work anymore. I used to call it work. I was like hard worker in the personal stuff, the professional stuff, but I call it a living practice because the more I do my, and I, I do this work every day. Mm -hmm. I do this living practice. I created this living practices mm -hmm. because Again, like, why are we here? We're here for the expansion and expression of our true selves. So as we expand, we grow and then we grow some more. There is no like end point. So obviously it's really tough to do this all on your own. You know, if you have an accountability person or you partner up with somebody or you get a coach or you, you know, whatever it is that you do, the books, all those things, there are the repetition is there's there's two ways that we know to change a belief about ourselves those deep beliefs uh one is an emotional hit like a like a trajectory like you know someone an example could be someone who has a, a massive heart attack mm. and that changes them emotionally and they change their diet and they quit smoking and they just they start exercising like that is a quick change impact. the sustainability the impact yeah the sustainability of that will vary depending on the person's internal belief. The other way that we change these beliefs 
is through vision work mm. and through repetition. So you've got to start to use your imagination to create a, you know, who is this person that I want to be, that I know I can be, that I know is within me mm. and through repetition, like the, the negative beliefs that we have are, we're designed, we're, we're input into our subconscious mind through repetition it is one hit you're still going to go through your life in you know repeating that over and over oh I'm not good with money I'm not good with money I can't earn money maybe in the next life I'll have money like all the ways that we repeat it so same thing only the beautiful thing about this this is my favorite part it's like oh great it took me 40 years to work through that to get that negative self-belief so you know by the time I'm like 80 I'll be able to have you know, a new self-belief. It's very quick. Like this work is, this work is very quick. And so we do repetition and there's different exercises that we do and it's beyond positive thinking. Yeah. And that's something I speak to clients like, Oh, you know, affirmations, this is just positive thinking. And it's not, you can positive think your way till the cows come home. But if you don't deeply understand what you're changing, what needs to change in your subconscious, in your inner self-image, then you're just, you're just putting words in your, in your head. Yeah. It doesn't actually blow through into your subconscious. There's ways to get this, these changes into your subconscious. You just have to one, know what they are. And two, it's a commitment. Like you said, it's a practice. It's a life thing. Like practice, yeah. I last year in 2019, as you, you know, cause you're my accountability partner for this, but you know, started journaling daily and made yeah. it like I've been journaling daily since January of 2019. And it's, it's interesting. What I found interesting and in where I am now a year later of journaling is I did write things in the beginning that didn't feel like, like you said, like, you know, you know, you truly are these things. They didn't feel like they were truly me at that time, but over time and writing them over and over again, I started to take them on. So they said they felt a little awkward in the beginning, you know, right. Yeah you know, those new beliefs and those new things, they felt a little like fake or like, but over time, my subconscious started to accept them. And that's a repetition. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like the new belief you have a, if you, you have a belief, you know, I'm not good with money and you create a new belief. I'm amazing with money. I allow money to flow into my life, blah, blah, blah. If you create this like powerful statement for yourself, you can decide to have that belief, but to get it to drop into your subconscious mind, which is where it needs to live, it takes repetition. And that's the part that people go, well, I did it. You know, I've been saying this affirmation for 60 days and I still don't believe it. And I'm like, yeah. Or, you know, I had somebody who, who I worked with for only six weeks. He's a changed person. Mm-hmm. For him, it dropped in right away. Yeah. All of it. Everyone's different. The level of how quickly something drops in, how quickly you change something, the shifts are, they can be subtle, they can be massive, but they're constantly ongoing. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's powerful. So everybody's has their own time, like their own timed frame, I guess you could say for these, these subconscious beliefs to shift. And I think that would probably depend on how strong that you're holding on to some of those things. Like if you have the ability to just be like, accept the new idea and just let it drop in like that one guy. But I think other people, they almost don't want to let go of there. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it, Shana. Like they've got to be willing to suspend, first of all, to suspend your disbelief in this work. You've got to be willing to suspend that and dive in. You've got to be willing to be coachable and you've got to be willing to have another story. Yeah. We identify so much. Like I'm telling you, I identified with my traumatic past so much Mm -hmm. and 
when I shifted that, uh, I can't even, I'm like, I'm like on this journey and I can't even believe the shifts in me. I never thought I would be this person that is free from those things. Mm -hmm. I had a client say to me, do you love yourself? Like, do you really? Mm -hmm. And I would say, this is the first time in my life since in the last few years, the work that I've been doing, I can say, I can actually say mm-hmm. that I do love myself and believe it. Mm-hmm. Never thought that would be possible. And that is why I do what I do because yeah. it is possible. I love that. This is so great. This is so great. So, and I think that's a powerful place to be able to be is to be able to say that you love yourself and that that's not easy for everyone to really do. And so I, I think that's- I have my days. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't have our days where things happen, but this has been super powerful. And I want people to be able to one, find you and follow you because you do some really inspirational. I know your Instagram is full of inspiration. They want to work with you. How do they get in touch with you? Um, where do people need to go in order to connect with you to find out more about how they can discover where their beliefs are and and what they could maybe shift to help them live their best life and light themselves up. Yes, light up. We want to light people up. So what I prefer and really enjoy is just meeting people Mm one-on-one, have like a discovery call, get Mm -hmm. to know where they are, what their what their struggle is, what's in their way. And I can give them the options. I do group coaching. I also, I used to do six week one-on-one, but it became very obvious that we need 12 weeks to get that living practice in place and really drop things into the subconscious mind. Um, So I do 12 week one-on-one. I have a website, jenforgy.com. For the listeners is I'll put a link to get in touch with Jen. So if you want to book a call with her to just talk about how it all works and get one of those discovery calls. We'll put the links. I have a Calendly link, so I'll, I'll okay. send that to you. Perfect. Um, but yeah, it's a very gentle work, just like a conversation with me. Tell me where you are. I can tell you more about what I do and how I work. And if it's a fit for you, then we move forward. Awesome. I love that. You're yeah. going to be changing so many lives this year. I love it. Uh, I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for my past that has yeah. truly led me to where I am. I yeah because I've lived this, right? I've lived this. So you know that the coaching is about as authentic as it's going to yeah. get. Right. Because you've been it. And I think that's, I mean, one, in the trenches. that's one of the things you look for in a coach is somebody who's experienced it because it's one thing to read a book, but it's another thing to, to live it in your own life and have those experiences. Yeah. And I think that's, what's really powerful. And I think it's a very powerful place when you can get to a space where you can be thankful for all of the situations that may have happened in your past. And because I think that's super empowering to look back and see it as a, a way of helping you get to where you are. Like it's, it's, it's all part of the learning and the growing. So when you can appreciate it and accept it, it, it just be, it's just powerful. And I think you're a living example of that. So, you know, the word empowerment, just to, just to end on this, like, Mm -hmm. Do you remember like all the years of like wanting to be empowered and loving the concept of empowerment and, you know, the whole concept of like love yourself and all of that. And then to actually now go, oh, no, I know what it feels like to be empowered. Oh, I know what it, it feels like to have my own back. Like that's the stuff that lights me up when I see clients shift in that way. When it, when they start to have their own back, they start to feel like, I have some power over my life. Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah. And and I think that comes down to also a level of trust, like trusting that the universe is going to provide and like that you can do things that you never thought. And that, that faith and that trust piece and Um, in yourself. Yeah. Like trusting in yourself. Yeah. Oh, such so a, good. we could talk for nine I hours. I know, I know. And, and we will definitely have you back on the podcast because this was such a great, uh, a great chat and so helpful and so impactful. And people need to hear this information because I know there's a lot of listeners out there who have big goals and big dreams for their lives. And they may be struggling with some of that self sabotage and some of those inner beliefs that just need some of that work. So make sure you guys connect with Jen. If you guys loved this episode, Jen and I would love it. If you would share this screenshot, it shared in your Insta stories, tag us so we can send you some love in your DMS. And if you're loving the pursuit podcast, you guys, it would mean the world to us. If you could leave a review in the review section, I love the feedback I get there and it helps us make this show even better. So Jen, thank you so much for being thank here. You. Thank you. This Yay. is so great. Thank you for the platform to talk about my passion. Yes, it's good. You're going to help so many. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It is my hope that this chat today helped you become relentless in the pursuit of your dreams. If you loved it, please leave an honest review on iTunes. It helps more people find this podcast, this content. And as always, I love when you share screenshots of these episodes on your iPhone into your iStories and tag me in it. I always reshare them and send you a personal thank you message every single time you do it. So thanks so much for joining. Until next time, be relentless in your pursuits.